Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work. You know, what's easy bundling policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowners or renter insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to Geico.com, get a quote and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. All right, listen up. If you've got credit card debt or you're in a 30 year loan, it's not a matter of if I can save you money. It's a matter of how much and right now for how much longer it looks like interest rates are starting to creep up. This could be your last chance to take advantage of these unbelievable rates. If you hurry to save with Conrad.com right now, you can be one of our next great success stories. Just like Zach and Griffin, Indiana, we hooked him up. He left us a five-star review and here's what he had to say. Derek and company made the process quick and painless. Everything was done online. No mortgage payments for two months. And when I do start paying, it'll be $500 cheaper than what I was paying. Thanks again for all of you that have helped. Being a wrestling fan has definitely paid off. Listen, don't take my word for it. Get yourself a quick quote right now. Here's the worst case. If we can't save you any money, we won't waste your time. But you don't need perfect credit to do this. You don't need any money out of your pocket to do this. And we're licensed in more than 40 states. So why wouldn't you at least take a look at SaveWithConrad.com? NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Oh, and did you hear what Zach said? No payments for two months. We're talking no payments in March or April. You're done until May. Come on, find out how much money you can save right now for free at SaveWithConrad.com. Thompson, and you're listening to the Kurt Angle Show. And of course, we couldn't do it without the Hall of Famer himself, your Olympic hero. It's true, it's true. It's Kurt Angle. What's going on, man? How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. How you doing, man? Man, better than I deserve. We are up and live now with Westwood One, and fans seem to be loving what we're doing, and I'm excited to be back here today. I am too. Very excited about it. Well, let's jump into it. We've uh, we've told quite the story so far. Your WrestleMania main event against Brock Lesnar was episode one. Joining the world wrestling federation was episode two. And today we're going to cover your retirement and boy, this is going to be a hot topic. It's WrestleMania 35. Yeah, yeah. To say the least, uh, this feels like forever ago, but it was only about two years ago, MetLife stadium in East Rutherford, New Jersey. Unbelievably, this show had 16 matches and you're on number 14. Right, we're going to talk about the storyline and all that, but when you find out, Hey, I'm match 14 of 16 audience fatigue has to be a big concern, right? Well, yeah. I, I you know, when you have 16 matches, that's a long show. I, yeah. I think that show was seven hours long. It was ridiculously long. Uh, there are a lot of matches on there, of course, and being 14, it is a lot of pressure, but I also understood when you're in the business, you know, as many years as I am, you realize what, what each match is for and what it represents the number 14 match. It was structured in between two feature matches and, and the number 14 match, which was my match with Baron Corbin 
was only six minutes long. Mm. It was a filler match. That's what it was. It is what it is. You know, I, I understand why they did it. You know, I, my body was breaking down and, you know, I, I couldn't go at the level I used to. So I think that, you know, Vince McMahon gave me the retirement match, you know, not that I exactly wanted, but I needed. And uh, I, I was just happy to have the match, but, you know, it was a filler match. It was between two main event matches and, you know, it, it was what it was. What well, was a spectacle. There's 82,265 fans that were reported to be in attendance. Of course, WrestleMania attendance is always disputed. The gate was announced at 16.9 million second only to the 2016 show in Dallas. But there's a lot of interest on this, even to the point they sell 65,000 pay-per-views, even though you can get the show along with the network for nine 99. Is this the biggest crowd you'd ever wrestled in front of 82,000 fans? I think so. I, I, I think the second biggest crowd was Houston, Texas, Texas, WrestleMania 17. Right. So, uh, yeah, it was definitely the largest crowd I've ever been in front of. What's the difference in terms of wrestling in front of, uh, say a hot, smaller crowd, you know, 10 or 20,000 versus a huge venue, like let's say an Astrodome at WrestleMania 17, where there's still a top on it. It's not open air. Does the sound still reach you the same way? Uh, can you sort of feel the audience as well, or is some of that lost in translation just because of the distance? Well, there's a difference, you know, the stadium shows and the arena shows are very different. The fans are right on top of you in the arena show. So they're right near you and, and next to you and very close. And it's a more closed in configuration. A stadium show is wide open. And even with the roof on it, the ceiling, uh, the fans seem really far away. So there's more of an echo, right? but, but it's more impressive looking. It just looks like, holy crap, this is so many people, you know, and, it, and it's, it's a bit overwhelming. You, you get a lot more nervous when you compete in stadiums or perform in stadiums than you do arena matches. When you're in the stadium a few years ago uh, for this retirement match, it's outdoors. It's in New Jersey. It's in early April. So the, the temperature's different. The sound's going up. It's massive. Uh, what were the particular challenges for you as an in-ring performer in terms of getting your head in the right mode? Does that make sense? Well, you know, you're hoping the weather is okay. You're hoping that the temperature is warm enough to actually perform. Um, you know, April is spring. So there's, you know, you're, you're going to have, you're going to chance it when you have a pay-per-view up North during the springtime. Um, but you know, you prepare the same way regardless. Well, you, uh, returned to the company back in uh, January of 2017, and that's when they inducted you into the hall of fame. Were you surprised to get the call about the hall of fame or did it just feel like it was inevitable? Uh, it was a surprise because I was planning on continuing the wrestle and, you know, I, I was expecting a call from the WWE eventually. And uh, when I did expect the call, I thought that, you know, Vince McMahon was going to ask me to come back to wrestle. Uh, but they did the opposite. They decided to induct me in the Hall of Fame, which is what you do when you retire. And, uh, you know, I, I told Vince I didn't want to retire. And he said, well, we'll get around the wrestling eventually. And I think, 
you know, I, I think I was a, a liability for the company. And I think that's the reason that Vince wanted to start me out with the Hall of Fame. And then he gave me the general manager spot the following night on Raw. And I did that for about a year. Uh, so I think he was getting a feel for me to see how I was handling the situation. And if I was staying clean, even though when I came back to WWE, I was clean and sober for four years in 2017. So I don't think I had an issue with that. I think that Vince McMahon just wanted to make sure that I was continuing on staying clean while I was with the company. So when you said liability, you weren't necessarily referring to physical injuries. It was a concern about substance abuse. I think both. Okay. I think my neck issues, um, you know, I, I did pass the physical, but you know, it was, they saw a lot of arthritis and things going on with my neck that, you know, uh, my neck has never been a hundred percent, not right. since the Olympics. So it was, it was, it was difficult. I, you know, just having, you know, the, the liability issue is not just, you know, the neck issue is the alcohol and drug issue. And, you know, me being up there in age, you know, at 50 years old and, you know, it just, everything made it look like it was, it could have been a liability. And I, I think it was, I think that's a safe assumption. So let's talk about when you go back to the the hall of fame, I mean, listen, this is probably bittersweet for you, right? You're the, you're the, one of the headliners and you get to do the big milk celebration and they're rolling out the red carpet for you, but, and you probably appreciate all that, but it's not exactly the timetable you hoped for what's going through your mind that weekend. And you know, when you're on stage and looking at all your peers and the fans and no, this is a big deal, but probably not one you were really ready for. Well, you know, you, you have to be grateful for being inducted in the hall of fame, not many of the superstars get inducted into right. the hall of fame. So it's a huge deal. And I knew it was, uh, it was a huge honor for me. Uh, it's, it's the last hall of fame I wanted to get into. And, uh, I wanted to make sure I was a, a shoe in. So I was excited about it. I really was uh, regardless whether I wrestled, I was going to accept the hall of fame. And, uh, you know, if the, the company wanted to use me as a general manager, I would have probably have done it anyway, uh, re- even if I if they didn't want me to wrestle. Talk to me about the general manager pitch. Is that part of the initial phone call with Vince or does Carano or somebody else call and, and introduce the idea of being GM? Actually, it occurred the night of the Hall of Fame, right before I went out to accept the award, Vince McMahon came into my uh, locker room, uh, the room they had set for me backstage. And he said, hey, we want you to be general manager of Raw starting tomorrow. And, you know, he offered me a deal and I said, well, I still want to wrestle. And he said, well, we'll get around to that eventually. Don't worry about that. We'll get there. And I said, okay, as long as I know I'm going to wrestle. And uh, so, you know, I, I got I got the offer the night before at the Hall of Fame. The next day is when I started the general manager job. Saturday and Sunday morning cartoons were one of the best parts of growing up. And so was eating cereal. But eventually we have to give that up. You realize it's full of sugar and other junk you probably shouldn't be eating. Besides, if you want to become a wrestling machine, an Olympic gold medalist, your hero it's true it's true you got to cut down on carbs and sugar and unhealthy food but you're probably gonna think man i can't eat anything anymore 
If you've been drinking protein shakes and powders, well, here's another way to get your protein before or after your workouts. And right here at the new year, we're all trying to eat a little better, but a healthy breakfast doesn't have to be boring. Thanks to magic spoon. They've got all the amazing flavors you love without all the bad stuff. Check this out. Zero sugar, zero sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein. And of course, only four net grams of carbs in each serving. There's only 140 calories in each serving. By the way, it's keto friendly. It's gluten free. It's grain free. It's soy free. It's low carb and GMO free. They've got an awesome variety pack now with cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. I got to tell you, this peanut butter stuff tastes exactly like peanut butter cup. You got to check it out. It's a favorite at my house. You're going to love it too. By the way, this tastes exactly like regular cereal that you grew up on as a kid, but it's super nutritious and it's delicious. But now it's a very healthy cereal that really brings joy to your mornings or afternoons. Check it out right now. Go to magicspoon.com forward slash angle to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code angle at checkout to save $5 off your order. By the way, Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed by a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember, you get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com forward slash angle and use the promo code angle to save $5 off. And we thank Magic Spoon for sponsoring our podcast and an awesome breakfast. I'm sure we're going to talk about the GM run, but boy, there's a couple of highlights in there. We got to touch on now. One of the big storylines very quickly is you had an illegitimate child in college. Of course it was Jason Jordan in hindsight, maybe not the best idea, but it was a way to highlight a new up and coming talent. What'd you think of the creative and and what'd you think of Jason? Well, I was excited because I wanted to pair up with Jason and Chad when they were tag tag team partners and uh, I wanted to wrestle and I wanted to be the world champion and have them be the tag team champions, just like team angle. And I, I thought it made a lot of sense. And they, they decided that I was going to have an illegitimate son and they weren't sure who it was going to be. And they decided to pick uh, Jason over Chad and, uh, you know, I, <laughs> I, I think, uh, I'm not sure why, but, you know, it might've been a politically <laughs> correct move. Uh, but it, you know, it, I was happy. I was excited about it because Jason is a great talent mm-hmm. and he was improving every week. His chops were improving. His work was improving. He was getting a lot better. He was on his way to main event status until he hurt his neck. And that that's where the program ended. And, I was stuck high and dry without a partner for the next WrestleMania because that's who I was going to wrestle was Jason. Oh, okay. Wow. And uh, so they immediately paired me up with Baron Corbin. Baron was more of a bully. Um, I was more of the victim. I didn't like that, but, you know, that's the, that's what they gave me. And uh, the, the program was fine. I was, I was, I was okay with it. It was, you know, it was a lot of fun to do and, uh, Baron's a great talent. Um, I didn't expect him to be my opponent at WrestleMania because at that time, I don't think he was at the level uh, that that he deserved to go into WrestleMania wrestling a Hall of Fame legend. And, you know, even though afterward they utilized him pretty good, I think he won the King of the Ring after that and, you know, was well on his way to main event status. So um, I think that my WrestleMania match ignited that. 
So I guess that was probably the idea though, right? Vince wanted you to help get him over and help make him right. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Vince wanted me to get him over. And, uh, that was the plan the whole time. I, I, I knew that. And, you know, I, I, I was at the time when they told me, I was thinking that this is going to be my last match and I'm going to retire and I need to tell Vince. And if I want an opponent, uh, other than, uh, Baron, I need to tell him right now. So I, I went to his office and I said, uh, I, I'm going to retire at WrestleMania events. And I know, uh, you have, uh, a program planned with Baron, but I, I would like to have John Cena because I started his career and I'd want him to end mine. I thought it made a lot of sense. Sure. And he, he said, well, you're not doing that this year. You can possibly do it next year if you continue to wrestle for a year. And I said, well, no, I, I want to retire this year because my body's breaking down. And uh, I just feel like I don't want to go on after that. I, I, I'm not able to perform at the level I expect to. And I, I'm not crazy about wrestling Baron uh, only because of his status at the time. Uh, and don't get me wrong. Baron's was a great worker and he was very professional. He was great to work with, but I just don't think at, at that time that uh, he was at the level that needed to be for wrestling a main event or our hall of famer. You know, I don't think I knew that this wasn't always supposed to be your retirement match. So let's backtrack a little bit. If you were going to originally wrestle your, your quote unquote son, Jason Jordan, it wouldn't have been a retirement match. It would have been just father versus son, regular storyline. Let's keep going. But somewhere along the way, uh, that creative has to change because Jason was injured. They pivot to Corbin and, and that is sort of, uh, charted. And then you decide not they, but you decide this needs to be my retirement match. Right? Well, uh, you know, when I came back and I got inducted in the hall of fame, I was wrestling a lot. I was staying active in the ring, especially when you get up in age in your late forties and early fifties, you need to be active in the ring. Right. And, uh, if you're not, your body gets arthritic, your muscles get tight. You start shutting down, your body starts aging. And when I took the GM role, um, I didn't wrestle. I wrestled, I think, three times in two years. It was, there wasn't a lot of wrestling. It was just, I think, a TLC match when I uh, teamed up with the Shield. Yeah. Uh, Survivor Series five-on-five five match. Uh, and then WrestleMania match with uh, Ronda Rousey. And, um, you know, I I just, uh, I thought, uh, well, I lost my. <laughs> well, we're trying to figure out when did you decide you wanted to retire? Because it felt like the way you laid out the events, Okay, it was your I, call, not necessarily theirs. Right. Yeah. So my being inactive for two years, um, was really hard on my body. I, I was working out at the gym, but I wasn't taking bumps in a ring. And when you're, when you out, when you're out that long at the age I was, you, you age quicker and you, you know, your body shuts down. And I knew at the time, you know, this was right around when I was doing my farewell tour Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and I, I gained a little bit of weight and, you know, I was a little sloppy. Um, so, you know, not, not being able to perform at the level I wanted to, I decided that uh, I'm I'm going to have to retire now. I, I can't go another year. And I also felt like 
the company wasn't really utilizing me at the level I wanted to be. I was more doing jobs than I was uh, con- contributing. I mean, it is contributing doing jobs, but you know, when you're a, a Hall of Famer legend wrestler, uh, you don't expect to uh, lose that much. It was, it was, it was a humbling experience. But I, I do understand why. You know, me being close to retirement, I need to put the younger guys over, and I understand that. Did you have a conversation with Vince or anyone about, you know, what your status was and and how you were being featured? Because it did feel like you're here at this point, not necessarily to be the star, but to help build the next star and coming in with your pedigree and your history. Uh, and you know, for lack of a better word, your uh, ego as an athlete, you probably expect, Hey, I'm, this is not the way this usually goes. Uh, do you have a sit down at all with Vince and discuss your direction? Or is this just something you just have to sort of read between the lines and figure out on your own? You know, coming back to the company, I, I came back, you know, very humbly and I was grateful they brought me back. Cause I, I didn't know if, or when they were going to bring me back. You know, when, when you make a lot of mistakes in your past, uh, it's going to catch up to you in the future. So I never really talked to Vince about the direction he wanted to go with me. I just kept my mouth shut, listened, and did what I was told. Today's episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Let's talk about something we can all use a little more right now of sex. What about great sex? Guys, now you can improve your performance and get the extra confidence in bed. Listen up. It's bluechew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the world's first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as both Viagra and Cialis. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Blue Chew is made in the USA. It's prescribed online by licensed physicians, so you don't have to go to the doctor or wait in line. It's cheaper than a pharmacy, and they prepare and ship it right to you, all in a discreet package. No awkwardness, and you don't need to leave the house. If you could benefit from more confidence where it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. And right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment for free when you use our special promo code ANGLE. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W.com, and the promo code is ANGLE to try it for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. And remember, when you support our sponsors, you help make this podcast possible. So please be sure to use promo code angle at bluechew.com. Well, let's, uh, let's mention a couple of those other highlights that you touched on. Um, Roman reigns has a medical issue and now you're going to be in there teaming with Ambrose and Rollins as the third member of the shield at TLC, you even dress like the shield, but it's kind of fun to see you back in a WWE ring. How was that for you to come back and sort of be the third wheel, so to speak? I was a fan. <laughs> you know, if you saw me come out uh, out in the arena and I was behind Seth and Dean and I just looked like a fan. I was so excited to be a part of the Shield. You know, the Shield is a legendary team and uh, I have a lot of respect for all three of those guys. So uh, being a part of it for that night was so much fun. I had a blast. Problem was, and I think this is where Vince saw, this was the first time he would see me compete. I was training for the match. Uh, I, I had a good like three weeks and I was training for the match and I was doing hill sprints and I pulled a muscle in my leg mm. and I couldn't 
push off my left leg. So I had to use my right leg all the whole time. And I had to favor my left leg. And uh, it just looked like I lost a step. And, and even though I, I did, you know, the last few years of my career, I lost a step. I was able to hide it. Yeah. But with an injury like that, the leg injury in my quad, I just couldn't hide it. And I think Vince was like, okay, this guy's close to retirement. He's almost done. And I think that is where he judged me and said, okay, this is, I'm not going to use Kurt in the world title picture. I'm going to use him to make younger guys. I think that's what happened. Let's talk a little bit about when you said you lost a step and you were able to hide it. Uh, Flair used to say all the time, Hey, when some of my physical st- skills started to diminish, I would lean more on comedy. So he would yes. do things like the big face bump and people call it the flare <laughs> flop or whatever. What were some of the things that you did to adjust your style? Because it used to be just balls to the wall, but as you, everyone gets older in wrestling, they do start to get a little smarter about, you know, their quote unquote bump card. Tell us how that would work for you and your style and, and, and what minor adjustments you made to lengthen that a little bit. Well, my, my style became more basic. I, I didn't do any high flying stuff. I didn't do any huge bumps off the top rope. It was more suplexes, uh, German suplexes, suplexes, belly to bellies, angle slams, ankle locks. I stuck to that stuff. I kept my feet on the ground and, uh, I wasn't the usual Kurt angle that, uh, was in the past uh, that, you know, would put on these four or five star matches. It just, uh, wasn't in me anymore. In, in hindsight, you probably did more daredevil type stuff in TNA and impact than you did in WWE. Would you agree with that? Oh yes, without a doubt. But th- there were a lot more daredevils back then in right. TNA. So you had to up your game, uh, to compete with these guys. You know, I'm a competitive guy and you know, when I, when I see something, I, I want to do it too. And, you know, especially if it gets a reaction. So, uh, you know, I, I knew that, uh, the competition was fierce in TNA, especially, you know, with AJ and Joe and, and Christopher Daniels and Kaz and Eric Young and Bobby Roode. Uh, there are a lot of great talents down there. And, uh, I had to stay at their level in order to, uh, keep my status. <laughs> You, uh, you wind up working with Ronda Rousey. You touched on that a, little, a moment ago, WrestleMania 34 in new Orleans. I'm sure we're going to do a full story on that sometime here on the show, but she was compared to you a lot when she was first coming through training in that she supposedly took to it very quickly. Um, would you agree with that assessment that she was as far as the physicality, maybe some of the other stuff, the character stuff she needed to work on, but the in ring stuff, she was a fast learner. Would you agree with that assessment? Oh, without a doubt. Rhonda picked it up very quickly. Uh, but, you know, she was on a, a crash course. Uh, I didn't have that crash course when I started. Uh, when, when I did, when I started with WWE and uh, went to their training camp, it was only five days a month. So I didn't have a lot of training before I started. Only when I went down to Memphis uh, after about six months and I uh, did a few months down there. Uh, did I get uh, any type of, you know, consistent training and Rhonda was getting it every day. And, uh, but, but she really came through. I, I mean, her performance at WrestleMania was incredible. She, she did a fantastic job and she deserves a lot of credit. She, she did that. She has, she has incredible work ethic. And I think she wasn't going to 
disappoint herself for anyone else. She was going to make sure she hit a home run at WrestleMania, and she did. And she picked it up, I think, quicker than anybody in the history of the sport. I think wow. Ronda picked up the technique very fast, and she made it her own. Everything she did, her throws and her submissions, they were all real, you know, judo, jujitsu type of stuff. They, she, she really uh, made it her own. So she was very artistic in that aspect. Given the fact that you were both Olympians, did you have a different type of relationship with Rhonda or, or what was, or what is your relationship with Rhonda? We were more of a brother sister relationship. Uh, we, we, we grew close very quickly. And we were flying on the company jet, going to training and, you know, uh, be trying to be around each other, spend more time together, uh, going to NXT, training in the ring, uh, structuring the match. Um, you know, we did that for a, a few weeks before WrestleMania. So uh, we made sure Rhonda was well prepared and that she knew every spot that she had to know. And uh, it, it worked extremely well. But I had a great relationship with her. I still do. We, uh, we keep in touch. I, I, I'm really good friends with her husband, Travis, and, uh, they're just good people. The rumor in innuendo is that it might not be a huge surprise. If we see her return someday, would you, uh, would you be shocked to see that? No, I wouldn't be shocked. Rhonda, she's still young and, uh, she, she still has that fire in her eyes. I, I don't think she's done completely. I think she wanted to take a break. I do believe she was trying to get pregnant. Uh, I don't know if they continue to try to, but I think Rondo decided to take a break. She's been competing for her whole life. Right. Judo since she was five, Olympics, uh, then MMA, UFC, then WWE. She never stopped. Right. She needed a break. And uh, I think that's what she's doing is taking a couple year break. Let's talk about, uh, the 2019 Royal rumble. Uh, you come in at number four and you're very quickly eliminated and Meltzer commented on this and how he didn't like it. And he said, I don't like when they treat the legends like that. No one believes that Kurt angle is going to win, but at least let him have a longer run in the ring and have him eliminated when the time is right. It's better to make the fans mad because the nostalgia heroes run is over and not because they didn't even get to see it. So talk to me about the rumble. You know, this is, we're going to start our, our build towards this Baron Corbin WrestleMania match. You come in at number four, very quickly eliminated once upon a time, you know, people would have expected you to come in at number four and, you know, be in there an hour or something like that. Uh, What were you thinking when you're handed the creative for the rumble and you're in and out very quickly? Nothing I could do. I mean, you know, I, I probably could have talked to Vince, but I, I decided not to. I just wanted to keep my mouth shut and do what I was told. And, you know, I, I was grateful they put me in the rumble. It, you know, they, they, they like to put stars in the rumble. Uh, they don't necessarily have enough talent. I don't want to say enough talent, but they don't have enough people to put over in the rumble. In other words, there, there are uh, 10 people that they're going to make look really good. And the other 20 aren't going to look so good. And I don't, I wasn't in that top 10. So I understand that. I think it had to do with my age. Um, you know, this is just, is just a guess and I'm not, you know, I could be dead wrong, but I think maybe the company might've been a little bitter about my departure in 2006 and, 
you know, heading to TNA for 11 years and then coming back. But uh, that's that's just an assumption. I don't know for sure. But I think it was more of me getting up in age and my body just, you know, not being able to perform at the level I used to. We're helping people across the country at SaveWithConrad.com. And what are we helping them do? Keep more of their own money. Just ask Toby in Oklahoma. We hooked him up. He gave us a five-star review, and here's what he had to say. Conrad's team was able to do everything I hoped for. They helped me reduce my mortgage term by 13 years, paid off my car and credit cards, and dropped my interest rate significantly. Who doesn't want to do that? Do you want a better interest rate? Yes. Would you like to pay off all your credit cards just like that? Of course. Wouldn't it be cool to pay off your car? Oh, and by the way, pay your house off 13 years faster? Are you kidding it sounds too good to be true, but we're doing it every single day at SaveWithConrad.com for families just like you. You don't need perfect credit. You don't need money out of your pocket. And if we can't save you some cash, we won't waste your time. It really is a fast and easy quick quote. What have you got to lose? What if you could save 13 years? What if you could pay off your car? What if you could knock out all your credit cards? Hurry. These rates won't last forever. And I want to help you make sure your debt doesn't last forever either. Go to SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Oh, and did I mention no house payments for two months? That's right. You can pocket your house payments for the next two months at SaveWithConrad.com. So Jason Jordan had been on the shelf for a little while by that point. So coming out of the Royal Rumble, did you have an idea of what your creative was going to be for WrestleMania? I mean, I I know that in theory, we were going to try to do something with with Jason Jordan, maybe the year prior in 2018, but here in 2019, did you have an idea right away or when did you know that, Hey, uh, I need to wind this thing down. You mean, uh, when, when I decided to retire? Yeah. Cause I think it's the March 11th episode of raw in your hometown of Pittsburgh that you announce that your career is winding down and you're going to be embarking on a farewell tour. You're gonna have your final match at WrestleMania that happens on March 11th. But of course the rumble was in January. Did you know in January, I want to wrap this thing up at WrestleMania or not quite yet? No, I, I, I was still, uh, suffering from my, my leg injury. It was still uh, bothering me. And, uh, I just, uh, uh, I didn't know what was going to, what was going to happen at WrestleMania until the day that I went to raw on March 11th and the writers had the promo set for me and i was like oh i'm wrestling baron and it, it was it was a surprise but you know i, I was doing a program with him anyway so uh we we were at least going what three or four months with the program up until then so uh it made sense that it was baron I do understand why he decided to make it baron uh we were doing a program and it was the one thing that actually made real sense and you know, even though I wanted somebody else, you know, I do understand why the company did what they did. Do you remember there being a match in particular? You know, I think, um, some people might, you know, say, oh, this is the moment, you know, when, when everything changed, what would you remember being in a ring or in a locker room after a ring and thinking, man, I can't keep doing this. I'm not doing it the way I used to. It does, I'm hurting. It, 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 I, I'm not having fun. I need to go. I need, I need to wrap this thing up. Was there a match or a moment like that? Or was it just a slow progression and you just wound up in this place? 
I would say the Drew McIntyre match when I had to really, 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 really put him over. Uh, I even tapped out to my own ankle lock. Mm. Uh, it was a complete domination of a match. And I knew then that, you know, I, I read between the lines and realized this company has no plans moving forward with me. Um, if I continue to do this, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to lose quite a bit. And no, there's no problem with that. But, you know, being at the level I was, I just felt, um, you know, I could have given more and possibly been in a world title run. Uh, not saying that I deserve to be. I'm just saying that if I had that option, I would have probably motivated myself even more to uh, get even more prepared. That but, you know, if they, if, if Vince would have told me at the beginning when I just signed with the WWE, came back in 2017 and said, hey, we're going to utilize your wrestling. Don't worry about it. I would have been training every day still. I would have gotten in the ring every day. But not knowing and being the GM every week, I just, you know, just let it go. And uh, it was it was my own mistake. So that match with Drew would have been November 5th, 2018. So you start thinking that even before the rumble. Um, but then we, we fast forward March 11th, you announce it's going to be a farewell tour. That's probably nice to do that in Pittsburgh. The following week, you choose Baron Corbin as your final opponent, as he had caused you a lot of problems when he was, or when you were the raw GM and, uh, Meltzer had this to say on the March 18th raw angle picked Corbin. From a storyline standpoint, this makes sense. The two feuded for months when Angle was GM and Corbin was the assistant appointed by Stephanie McMahon, who kept undermining Angle and eventually cost him his job and took over. Still, they had a television match, which Corbin won clean and quickly. One would think at that point, this wasn't the plan, but aside from the top two matches that were scheduled dating back to December, the Triple H match, which had been planned for months, but was dependent upon Triple H being able to return after a pec tear, and perhaps the Styles and Orton match. It doesn't appear this card was planned out at all. And even Styles and Orton had no hints until a few weeks ago, and it probably wasn't planned too far back. However, if you watched Raw with the announcers openly stating that the audience doesn't like this match, it made you think they were doing a storyline. Like in many recent months where they announce something and change it. The only thing we know is that when the announcement was made, this match was on the lineup. Unlike so many in recent months where they announce a match and they still haven't actually planned to run, and we're doing an angle to get out of it as late as three nineteen, it was still on the books. So it seems like maybe creative at the time was a little bit up in the air, perhaps because of injuries, perhaps because, well, that's just the way WWE is at times. Did you feel like this most recent run was more chaotic creatively than when you were here before? Yeah, I, th I think so. It, it was, you know, it, it was really hard to guess who was going to wrestle who and, uh, things weren't structured out as as uh, neatly as in prior years. You know, they usually had the WrestleMania cards by December at the very latest. So, you know, if they were going to have WrestleMania in March or April, they would have been prepared by December. They would have the card ready. Uh, this one, it wasn't ready for quite some time. And I don't think uh, they put together the card entirely, the whole card entirely till the week before WrestleMania. Well, Corbin even said during an interview, he didn't know that he was having this match until he was watching you make the announcement in the ring on raw. And, um, well, 
you were pretty lukewarm in your interviews at the time. You said, quote, many people believe that I should have had a different opponent. Maybe, maybe not. But my argument as to why it should have been Corbin is pretty strong as a hall of famer and legend in WWE. I came to my final match last Sunday. It was my retirement match as a legend or hall of famer or whatever you want to call me. My job is to leave the WWE by doing the honors for a younger talent. I did that, but the idea that it's not exactly who you wanted and Corbin didn't even know until you said it paints right. a picture that it was fairly chaotic and yeah. not exactly as uh, solid as maybe once upon a time it would have been. I, I don't think they knew if I was going to wrestle Corbin at WrestleMania. I think that what they did is they knew I was going to retire. I don't, I don't know if I was going to be on WrestleMania. If I didn't go to Vince and say, I want to retire at WrestleMania. I think that was a last minute decision uh, to put me on the card and they didn't know who to put me with. And I was doing a program with Baron, even though we finished it because he beat me clean. Um, they decided to do it again at WrestleMania. So, you know, I, I think they killed two birds with one stone. They got the, my retirement match on WrestleMania and they got a good filler match in between two main event matches. I they really believe that the, my match was honestly a filler match. I, I, when you go under six minutes at yeah. WrestleMania and you're on 14th position and you're after Batista and Triple H and you're on before the main event, it's, you know, it's, it's a tough spot. And uh, not having a lot of time, you just know that you're the, the filler match. That's what it is. Talk to me a little bit about John Cena. I mean, you had been friendly with John at this point for gosh, a decade and a half. He's uh he's not necessarily full-time with the company, but he's still top dog and has Vince's ear in a big way. Did you approach John and try to pitch a, a retirement match at WrestleMania? No, I, I never reached out to John. I, I decided to go to Vince and, you know, talk to him about it. And, you know, when I had the meeting with him, uh, I'm not sure if he even contacted John. I wasn't expecting John to be at WrestleMania, so I, I went to Vince, you know, a good, you know, a month and a half before WrestleMania to tell him I, I want John Cena at WrestleMania. It's my I, I want it to be my retirement match, and I'd love to have wrestle John because, you know, he started out, I started out his career, and I want him then mine. And, you know, I, I was hoping that, um, you know, he would put me in that match, but uh, it just didn't happen. What's disappointing is to see that that's who you really want. And instead he's at the show, but he's doing his doctor of thugonomics thing. And, and I know that's what, that's what made me go crazy was, Oh my God, these, the thugonomics scene, I'm the Olympic hero. This would have been perfect. Like I, I didn't think he was going to do a throwback. And right. ironically he did. And I saw him at WrestleMania. I gave him a big hug. Cause I haven't seen him in forever. And, uh, you know, it, you know, I told him I wanted him to be my match. And he said, I know I, it just couldn't happen. And, you know, I, I didn't ask him why, but, you know, I, I think the, the one thing he did at WrestleMania that year was uh, something with Elias, I think, uh, cut a promo on him to get set Undertaker up to give Elias the tombstone. Uh, I think that was the only thing Cena did, but uh, maybe Cena didn't want to wrestle at WrestleMania. Maybe that's the reason why. It didn't occur. I don't know. It's just amazing to me that we didn't see that. I mean, you know, Cena doesn't have a match here and, and you're with Corbin. He's with Elias. I mean, surely you could shuffle the deck here somehow and make it happen. But, 
I've often heard that WWE these days is it basically exists for an audience of one and it's, it's what Vince wants. And once Vince has his mind made up on something, that's kind of it. Would you say that's a fair assessment? I, I don't know about that. Vince, Vince listens to the fans. He, he does whether, you know, whether he, he does things on purpose to tick the fans off. And I think he likes to get them riled up. But he he has a psychology to it. It's not you know he he always does something to bring them back, and you know he he loves the attention. He loves you know making noise. Uh, he loves doing big things, and uh, you know making it hard for the fans to understand and confuse them every once in a while is you know being basically being frustrated as a fan. Sometimes it makes you want to watch even more to see if they change the stuff up. So I think Vince, Vince does things on purpose. It's, it's for a reason. It's not because he's just being an asshole. He's, he really, he really has a science to it and he's, he's pretty smart at it too. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work. You know, what's easy bundling policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowners or renter insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to Geico.com, get a quote and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. Meltzer would say uh, of the farewell tour, the deal is that Kurt is actually legitimately able to ask for his final opponents. But even though that gimmick was what he asked for in his final opponent, the one he got isn't what he asked for. He got Baron Corbin. The rest of these are actually matches that he was asking for. So he gave him those on the way out. And that's why we have him with Samoa Joe and we have Rey Mysterio. So let's talk about that. I guess Vince isn't going to give you your final opponent that you want, but he let you pick Samoa Joe and, and Ray to work with on TV on the way out. Yeah, I, they, you know, he, he gave me the matches that I wanted, not necessarily the, the times that I wanted or the finishes I wanted. Right. Uh, but they, you know, I, I knew that um, I would be very happy with these matches because Apollo and Chad Gable and AJ and Joe and, you know, all, all these wrestlers, uh, they're incredible talents. And I knew that, you know, losing a step – these guys would make me look better than I really was. You know, when you wrestle a guy that has talent and real talent, I'm talking about real talent, he, that, that wrestler can make you look better than you are. That's, that's who you want to wrestle. That's who you want to perform with. Um, you know, AJ is one of the best at making his opponents look better than they are. Uh, you don't have to do anything when you wrestle AJ. Same thing, you know, with uh, Apollo Crews and Samoa Joe. He has a more uh, brawling style, but he he can move, and you know he he's an incredible talent. So, getting those matches were great. I don't exactly, you know, wasn't really happy with all the finishes, but um, you know, it was it was a lot of fun to do that. And my match with AJ, where it really wasn't a match, it was two minutes long, and Randy Orton came in and you know, uh, made a DQ forced DQ for me to lose by DQ. And he was doing a program with AJ, I guess. And so, uh, that was, that match was more built for their storyline than mine. And I understand that. And I, I don't have any complaints with that. 
March 11th in front of your hometown of Pittsburgh, you defeated Apollo Crews in three minutes and one second. The next week on the 18th, not much of a match. <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, the next week you defeated Chad Gable by submission in 12 minutes and 16 seconds. We talked about Jason Jordan a little earlier. Chad Gable is a bit of an internet darling. Uh, given his legitimate wrestling background and what fans saw from him in NXT, people really thought, man, this guy could be like one of the next greats. And then he's been saddled with some, well, less than awesome, creative things like shorty G, uh, you got to work with him here for 12 minutes, not a ton of time, but enough. What was it like wrestling Chad? And what was your impression of him? Well, honestly, that was the longest match I had yeah. in, in my return in WWE. Chad is a, a former Olympian, just like me. And he is a technical wrestler, just like me. And I knew that him and I could have an excellent match, even at the, at the level I was at at that time. I mean, I was older and, you know, more beat up. And I knew that we could have an excellent match and we did. And, you know, uh, Chad has been underutilized and I believe it's a size, uh, even though the kid is as strong as an ox, you know, you see him do this deadlift, uh, German with 300 pounders where he lifts them off the ground when they're laying on the ground and lifts them off and does a big arch and German suplexes and sticks them for a near fall. It's impressive that, you know, Chad's got to be 170 pounds. Right. So, you know, to, to do something like that, that's a talent you want to utilize. He's the real deal. He, you know, he might not look that big, but his, his strength shows, you know, his technique shows he, his ability shows in those matches. And, you know, you, you can't, if you, if you put reins on the kid, um, he's not going to succeed, but if you let him go and let him do his thing, he's going to be a huge star. And I just think that someday they're going to utilize him correctly. You think that- I don't like the shorty G thing. I think yeah. that he sounds like a, a little kid slash rapper. Yeah. I, I, you know, it just doesn't make sense. I understand the short thing, but it, it just, you know, it You're degrades the guy. him. Yeah. It, it degrades him. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't focus on his strengths. It, it highlights a negative. And I think that's sort of been a concern that a lot of hardcore fans have is, Hey, because he's five, eight and he's not six foot four or whatever, Vince is never going to really get behind him. Do you think that he'll ever get a fair shake in WWE or will he have to go to a new Japan or AEW or somewhere else? I'll tell you how he's going to get a fair shake. People get injured. Wrestlers get injured. The main event wrestlers, especially because they're the ones putting in the most time, the most effort, the most work. Eventually he's going to get called up into a spot and he's going to blow their minds and they're going to keep him at that spot. It's going to happen. Eventually it just, it hasn't happened yet, but you look at what they've been doing with, you know, Alexander with the, you know, the, um, the, uh, uh, the hurt, the, oh, yeah, the, uh, the, yeah, hurt, the hurt business, the hurt business. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, he, he got a little trouble last year. He, you know, he didn't do something that Vince McMahon wanted him to do. And, you know, he, if you don't listen to your boss, you know, things can get a little bit, you know, depressing for you. And he, uh, you know, he didn't listen the one night and, you know, they, they, uh, they, 
you know, scolded them for a good half year before they started <laughs> using them again. So, and, and rightfully so he should have listened that that is his job is to listen to Vince and do what Vince tells you to do. Uh, he didn't do that. So, you know, I, I thought, wow, this kid's career is over, you know, when that happened and uh, Vince eventually gave him another chance. And I think that Chad Gable is going to get that chance. Uh, I think all wrestlers eventually do unless they end up quitting or they get fired. Well, another guy who's had a, a bit of a stop and go run there. You wrestled on March 25th, your old pal, Samoa Joe, you go eight minutes and 55 seconds. You get the pin here. You had some killer matches with TNA. Uh, I think he was probably your first opponent when you first showed up in TNA and fans like myself were super excited about that pairing. Uh, why do you think that Samoa Joe, I mean, he's had a couple of sniffs in the main event and WWE, they put him against Brock Lesnar at that great balls of fire pay-per-view a few years ago. But it doesn't feel like Vince has really put the rocket, uh, strapped the rocket ship to him or whatever that phrase is. Do you think that'll happen for Joe? Or at this point, Joe has shown them enough other things like commentary he can do that maybe his career may take a different direction. You know, what's crazy is Samoa Joe is so talented. He, his work ethic and what he does in the ring is unreal. And at the same time, he's so articulate. He can put his chops. He can put sentences together. He can get real creative. He's witty. He's smart. He's quick. Um, you know, when I got inducted into the TNA Hall of Fame, he did the speech for me. And I, I was blown away at his speech. The guy is just a, a talented individual that he can do many different facets of the business. You know, he could be a reporter. He could be a commentator. He could be, you know, a wrestler. He could be a manager. He could be a producer. Joe, Joe has many talents and, uh, you know, he, he can do whatever he wants. He's that talented. Uh, I don't think he got a really great run. I think he had a decent run in WWE, but, uh, I don't know. I don't know if his career is over. I know he had an injury and that's the reason why he started commentary, but I don't know if his injury is healed or what's going on right now. Let's talk about, uh, the next day on SmackDown live, you get one more throwback to the TNA days, the AJ styles match. You mentioned a moment ago, wasn't really a match, but I do want to talk about AJ for a minute. He came in and very quickly, uh, WWE got behind him. I mean, he's had an incredible run, multiple time world champion. Uh, he's main eventing tons of pay-per-views. He's working on top everywhere he goes, but a lot of people probably wouldn't have predicted that for him when he was in TNA. When you first saw the news that he had left TNA and now he had left new Japan and he's coming to WWE, did you expect him to succeed the way he did? Or did you think Vince's system might not see the value? I knew Vince would see the value. Um, what AJ needed because he did try out for the WWE, I think back when he started wrestling. Yeah. Back in 01. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And he, he was good, but he didn't have a name. And he built up his name in TNA and New Japan Pro Wrestling. Built enough, big, built it up big enough that many fans knew who he was. And the 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 gauge was when he came out at the Royal Rumble, and the fans were so excited. It was AJ Styles, and you know a lot of WWE fans feel like, um, or a lot of WWE uh, personalities don't think that WWE fans watch TNA wrestling. I think they do <laughs> yeah, because they knew exactly who AJ was 
And, uh, you know, I think Vince saw the reaction and said, oh, wow, this guy's a star already. He hasn't even been here. You know, this is his first day and he's a star. Um, I think that he had to build a name for himself and he did it right. I, you know, it's a shame that AJ ends up in WWE when he's in his forties. Right. Um, you know, Vince, I was told Vince when he met up with AJ after, um, after AJ won the world title, uh, you know, started was wrestling for the company and won the world title. Vince went to him and said, I wish I would have hired you 10 years ago. And that that is that that tells you exactly how vince feels about aj so you know aj's a star he he is you know when he came into wwe at that particular time he was the number one top best wrestler in the world the best performer Mm -hmm. just from a wrestling standpoint he was he was the top guy did you watch any of his new japan stuff i know you had a little new japan run as well did you keep up with any of his stuff over there I no, I, I didn't really keep up with it. Um, you know, the, I think you had to have an app to see it yeah. and, you know, it was just, uh, it was relatively new back then, you know, the whole app thing and AJ, yeah. you know, being, being there at the time. Uh, but I knew how talented AJ was. I mean, I wrestled him 250 times in TNA, you know, at the pay-per-views, TVs and house shows. Uh, I just knew that if WWE got a hold of him, uh, the, there would be no limits. He would he would go beyond, far beyond anybody else. He he deserves that recognition. He deserves that credit. Let's talk about uh, the actual card itself. WrestleMania is here. You're 14th on the show that night. Uh, the match that you had with Baron Corbin followed Triple H and Batista. Of course, Batista's making his farewell here as well. Mm-hmm. They give him 24 minutes and 43 seconds. It's been something I've noticed doing podcasts that triple H usually has the longest match at WrestleMania. Uh, this one goes 24 minutes and 43 seconds. Uh, and you and Baron Corbin get five minutes and 51 seconds. (laughs) Um, how does that make you feel as a competitor? I mean, you, you, there's literally no one on this roster who's had the career you've had and done what you've done. And it's a farewell, just like it is for Batista, but he got triple H in 25 minutes and you got Baron Corbin and five fifty one. that has to well, make you feel it, some kind it of It does way. hurt. It does hurt. Um, but like I said before, you, you, you understand your role in the company at the time you understand the position of your match. Um, you know, they, they were a feature match and if they wanted more time, they were going to get it. Uh, and the, obviously they were going to cut my time. Uh, that's just the way it is. And that's the way it will continue to be. I just, you know, felt like with my status that I would be treated a little bit differently, but I understand. I mean, I, I did what I was told to do. I, uh, I, I made my retirement match at WrestleMania. I did the honors by doing the job. And I put Baron Corbin over so that he could continue on to getting to the main event status. So I did my job and that's all I can ask for. Adfreeshows.com is the place to be. And not just because there are multiple pieces of content hitting your podcast stream daily. No, that's not it. Not just because you get to know on a one-to-one basis, guys like Jim Ross, Eric Bischoff, and Tony Schiavone I mean, don't get me wrong, that's fantastic, but that's not it. 
Is it Medusa and AEW's very own Rebel? Well, no, but man, that's awesome too. It's all the exclusive content shows like X-Ray with Dr. Tom Pritchard, the Monday Mailbag with Mike Chioda and Gerald Briscoe. It's that fun show with Conrad's infamous chat group, The Sad News Bears. And I can't forget, Old Man Warner is a part of the family, and he's watching wrestling with your partner. That's right. Your significant other watches wrestling with Mance, and he gives them his version of what's going on in an exclusive show we like to call Mansplaining. You ever spear somebody like that? Oh, no. Now, you paused there for a second. You had like you were thinking, should I say that I attacked somebody at the gas station one time because they were talking shit? So have you speared somebody or no? My husband. What, what did he do? Uh, being a jerk like always. Who's being a real some bitch out there talking shit? Oh yeah. Well, next time just hit him with like a chair, some some bar, a barbed wire baseball bat. I'll get Silva to send y'all a weapon. You could use it all. We we do have a, a barbed wire baseball bat. Where else are you going to find out your partner's weapon of choice when it's your time to go? So become part of the family now. Enjoy this and so many other outstanding shows and events. Make that decision and sign up today to join the fastest growing wrestling community over at adfreeshows.com. Talk to me a little bit about um, the time being cut. This is something we're familiar with. Uh, where, Hey, we're running out of satellite time. We've got to, we've got to trim some time here or we're running out of TV time. This is already a seven hour show. My response would be who gives a shit, give, make it, t- <laughs> make it 10 more minutes. What are we talking about? I understand if, well, we've only got three hours and then we lose the feed. It's seven hours. What's 10 more minutes. <laughs> I think Vince had a limit. I think he, I think that. He wanted to make sure the the pay per view didn't go beyond seven hours. But as long as it was seven hours, he was going to make sure that he didn't want it to go seven hours and five minutes. Oh god! <laughs> so I I don't know why that it is ridiculous. I, I but you know they have their rules, and I think that you know they wanted to make sure it didn't go beyond seven. I I know it was seven hours. I geez, I waited almost the whole pay per view. It started at like five and didn't end till midnight. So it was, it was a good seven hours. Did you have an idea? Like when you, cause you know, there's a call time you have to get there at noon or one or whatever it was that day. And, and you're there and, and you're going to maybe eat some lunch and catch up with some guys. And then you've got to get ready for an athletic competition. I mean, you've got to stretch and you got to, you know, get your gear on and, and you got to be ready to go. Do you have an idea how, or what time you're going on? I mean, I know, you know, you're 14th, but are you able to forecast at noon or one or whatever time you get to the building, dude, I'm going to be here 10 hours before I ever get in the ring. Well, you, you get used to it. You know, you do TVs every week, and right? It's, it's run the same way. You, you get there at noon, you have lunch. Yeah. You, you get your promos and pre-tapes. You start studying them. Uh, the, the, the producers come out of the meeting, uh, they, they get with their wrestlers to go over their matches, structure their matches. That's in the afternoon. And then they start the show around six or six thirty, where they do dark matches, main event matches, and you know the main event TV show matches, and uh, and then Raw or SmackDown. So um, 
it's it's an ongoing schedule every week, and WrestleMania is no different, except for the fact that WrestleMania is the biggest show of the year. Talk to me a little bit about your time being cut. We know you actually got 551, but I know when they time shows, uh, they don't just count the bell to bell time. They include entrances and post-match and all that. When did you know, Hey, we're getting our time cut or do you know how many minutes you had before? And, and roughly when were you told, Hey, you gotta, you gotta cut some stuff. I, I don't know. I mean, it, they never said they cut anything. Uh, I think our, our match was planned for 10 minutes, including mm. entrances. Okay. So the, 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 the match might've been cut a minute. Yeah. Uh, so I think the only thing they cut out was part of the heat. Right. We had to go home a little bit early. So it didn't affect our match that much. It just, you know, uh, the part of the heat was, uh, the only, the issue. And, uh, you know, once you stop a guy for heat, you only need to get one minute on him before they start their comeback. So it's, it's not a big deal. And I, I think the events knew it wouldn't hurt my match to cut it a minute. So he did. Who was your agent for that match? Do you recall? Uh, Adam Pierce, I believe. Okay. So when do you get together with Adam and Baron and you guys sort of talk through the match or are you just covering specific spots and a finish or how are you laying that out with Adam and Baron? Well, uh, you know, Adam came to me and said, Hey, uh, I need to know what you're comfortable with and what you're uncomfortable with. I know that, you know, your, your body is struggling and, you know, we, we want to get you through this. Uh, so, uh, I told him, listen, let me, I'll structure the match and then I'll feed it to you and I'll let you know what we're doing. And then you could tell me if you like it or not. So uh, that's what I did. I, I structured the match so that I was comfortable with what we were going to do in the match. I didn't do a lot in that match. And, um, you know, I, I just, you know, my body was shutting down. I gained weight. I just looked different. I performed differently. You know, a small part of me, I was so excited to be at WrestleMania, but I couldn't wait for it to be over because mm-hmm. I knew it wasn't a Kurt Angle performance that the fans expect to see. And it's disappointing because I I wanted to perform at that level. I came back to WWE with the with the you know the mindset that I was going to kick ass and take names and win world titles. You know, a good example is Goldberg. Mm-hmm. You know, he you know he comes back and you know he wins world titles and is in, in the main event at WrestleMania. Uh, I was hoping that the same would be for me, uh, but it just didn't happen. Uh, so unfortunately, uh, because my body was shutting down because of the inactivity of not wrestling, it was just really difficult for me to, uh, to perform at that level anymore. How was Baron with you before the match and after the match? He was great. Very professional, uh, very kind, respectful. Um, he, he was cool with doing whatever I wanted to do. He didn't care if I kicked his ass the whole match and, and he snuck a victory. He, he was just happy to be in the ring with me. And I, I thought that was really cool. I mean, I, I like the kid a lot. He's, you know, I, I was glad to do the honors for him. Um, he's very likable. I know as a fan, you don't like him cause he's kind of an asshole, but that's the idea. He, <laughs> yeah. But he is a good kid. He's, He's uh very smart and uh, he he knows he knows the business really well. He's he's learned very quickly and uh, I think that um, you know they started utilizing him after my WrestleMania match and he won the King of the Ring and 
you know, he was in the title hunt for a couple of times. I'm not sure how they're doing with him right now, but um, the cool thing is he's available if, and when they need him, yeah. they're going to need him eventually that we always do. Everybody gets injured and people have to step up. Talk to me about the finish of the match, the bell rings it's over. What are you feeling as you lay in the ring there? Relieved. <laughs> I was relieved. It was over. Um, I was a bit sad, uh, felt a little guilty about being relieved. Uh, uh, I never felt that way about a match before. I always did my best and, uh, you know, I was very hard on myself all the time. This time I was really easy on myself. I was like, well, you don't have to do much. You can get through this match. Uh, you know, as long as you get through it alive, you'll be fine. You know, my mindset before that was, I don't care if I die as long as I have a great match. So, you know, my, I felt guilty about that. I got a little emotional with the crowd. Um, it was the last time I was going to hear the you suck chants. And, uh, it was, it was a really difficult situation for me. I, I, uh, I was very emotional that night. My wife, you know, knew that uh, something was bothering me and it was just, it was accepting that I was retired and not putting on the performance I wanted for my retirement. That was really hard. Did you, um, did you plan your retirement speech that night ahead of time or was you, were you just sort of shooting from the hip? I was just shooting from the hip. Uh, you know, I, I forget what I said. I think I said, um, something about, uh, you know, thank you. And, uh, you know, let's hear that. You suck chant one more time. Yeah. One last time. I think I said, uh, it was a quick promo and I just, you know, the, the show is already six and a half hours. Uh, you know, I knew Vince would be, uh, you know, sticking a fork up my ass if I didn't get backstage. So I didn't want to make it long. When you, um, are, are obviously overcome with emotion, you make your way up the ramp, you go through the curtain. And we know there's the gorilla position. There's Vince. You walk into that gorilla position. What happens? What's that like knowing that this is it? Well, it was cool because the, all the talent, Vince brought all the talent into the gorilla, a lot of them. And, uh, some of the producers and they all gave me a standing ovation, which wow. was really cool. Um, I didn't deserve the standing ovation, but you know, I guess my career deserved it. Uh, not that match that night, but you know, Vince came up to me and hugged me. I've always been close with Vince. Um, you know, we, we've always had a, like a father son relationship. So, um, you know, he's treated me like a father too. He scolded me when I needed to be scolded and he rewarded me when I needed to be rewarded. So he's been a great father figure to me. And, you know, he also has the, the ability to have you learned lessons. You know, he's, he can be very hard on you and, uh, but it's, it, you know, it's usually because you deserve it. And, uh, so him saying that he was proud of me and congratulations on your retirement. It meant a lot to me. Let's talk about the next night. Uh, they're doing raw from Barclays center in Brooklyn. It's always the rowdiest crowd of the year. And, uh, Baron Corbin's going to come out. Fans are all over him. They hate him. He does a heel promo talking about how, well, Hey, I beat an Olympic gold medalist. So I deserve one. And, out you come, not in gear, but in your regular clothing and fans start chanting. Thank you, Kurt. And eventually, uh, Lars Sullivan comes out and, uh, picks you up and slams you to the mat and 
fans start chanting at him and he goes up and does a diving headbutt and they play his music and he leaves the ring. So not only do you put over Baron at WrestleMania, but the next night, Lars Sullivan as well. What do you remember about that night in Brooklyn? Uh, you know, I, I, I thank Baron because he was give he was going to allow, allow me to shine before I stepped down. And, you know, after the WrestleMania match the night before, um, be able to go out in the ring and get a little shine on him. I think I angle slammed them, put him in an ankle lock and, you know, I ended my career on a high note and then all of a sudden Lars <laughs> comes out and uh, the same thing happens to me. I get annihilated and uh, you know, it, it would have been great. I wouldn't have been upset if Lars Sullivan worked out. Right. Um, but you know, Vince loved his look, loved his strength and explosiveness. I just think that he wasn't as experienced as he could have been to start out. Um, I think he needed a little bit more training and uh, he was still learning. He, he was very, very basic and um, you know, but he, he had an incredible look and I think Vince was drawn to that. And so, you know, I had to put Lars over. I had to, you know, it was uh, just another one of those things that I did before I made my way out of the company uh, as a wrestler. Um, you know, I did it for Drew McIntyre. I did it for Baron Corbin. Um, I did it for Lars Sullivan. I think a couple other guys. Uh, but, you know, it was, it's humbling. You know, uh, you just don't know uh, where, where your place is in the company when, they do stuff like that. It's just, you know, you know that they're, they're almost kind of forcing you out. Yeah. You know, what, what else could I do? I mean, I was losing quite a bit, uh, was getting very few matches and they don't have any plans for me. So of course, uh, you know, I had no choice, but to retire and, and, uh, and I, I don't blame them. I blame myself because I put myself in a position that I made so many mistakes in my past that it caught up with me. And because of those mistakes, I didn't have the opportunity I wanted to, when I returned to the WWE, that, that is my fault. That's all on me. Well, we know that from here, you're going to try to transition into being a producer. Uh, tell us what your, your job was like when you were being a producer and what you liked about it, or more specifically what you didn't like about it. Well, I, I didn't like you had to be there all day. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we we would start the meeting sometimes at ten in the morning. Oh my nine gosh. in the morning. It just, it just depended. And the meetings would go four or five, six hours. Um so you know, when when you got out, you went to lunch, then you you grab the scripts from the writers, the promos and pre-tapes, and you hand them out to the talents and uh then you got together with the two talents that you were working with that night to structure their match. Uh, you put the match together. The show starts at six stark matches, main event matches, and then uh raw or SmackDown matches. And uh, you go into the gorilla and you produce the match and you talk to the referee, communicate, make sure the timing's right and everything's going the right way. And they're doing the right spots at the right times. You know, the commercial breaks, the finish, uh, it's, it's a very, it's a very difficult job, but it's 
it's it's a lot of fun and rewarding it's you know you you are creating art in the ring and you're part of that you're part of the structure of the wrestlers and the referee and the communication of uh you know talking in, to the guys in the ring and making sure that everything goes the right way it's it's a pretty cool thing and i i, I love the experience I, I was very grateful to do it for a year Bruce says there's no box of gimmicks, but there is boxagimmicks.com, the official store of something to wrestle and all of ad free shows. You can get shirts, hoodies, posters, mugs, and more. One of the best ways to show your support is to rock gear for something to wrestle from boxagimmicks.com. You can also pick up a shirt from brucepritchard.com. Remember, put a T on your back, not in his name. Let's talk about the last two times we see you on TV and then we'll wrap this episode up. It's the July 22nd episode. They do a raw reunion, uh, and they do a little toast alongside AAA, trick flair, Hulk Hogan, and stone cold. All of these legends and hall of famers have all tapped out Mr. Angle. Uh, and then on August, <laughs> yes. on August 5th, you're in your hometown again, Pittsburgh. They trot you out here to be a special guest referee for a match between, uh, drew and Cedric Alexander. But then at the end of the night, you're taken out by the fiend Bray Wyatt what do you think of the Fiend character, and and what do you think of Bray, the real life person? Uh, I love Bray. He's a good guy. Um, got along with him extremely well. Very respectful to me. Uh, I enjoy the Fiend, uh, and the reason is we need some gimmicky characters. Yes, you 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 know the company. A lot of the wrestlers have turned into uh, high flying, um, uh, technical uh you know uh badasses everybody wants to be a badass nobody right. wants to be entertaining or you know funny or or have an odd character and you know everybody wants to be the cool guy or the cool girl and you know but uh th- there are some really uh interesting individuals in WWE uh you know the fiend is one of them um uh what's the one girl uh from Australia is it Billy Kay yeah. Okay. Uh, love the way she she rambles on. She just uh, hilarious. She's just different. Yeah. Yes. Uh, they need characters like that. Yes. It's just it, it works extremely well for the company. It adds another depth to their programming. Um, you know uh, what Alexa's doing right now. Uh, you know while the fiend is gone, this is this is good TV. Yes. And now a lot of fans might not like it, but they're going to be drawn to it. It's, it's really, it's really different and really cool. And I think that, you know, we're going to get more into storyline related, uh, uh, TV shows, uh, you know, where, uh, you know, wrestling is kind of a soap opera, but yeah. we got away from that for a while. And, mm-hmm. you know, it just became, uh, you know, I'm better than you. No, I'm better than you. Let's have a match. You yeah. know, and now they're, it's more interesting. And yeah. th- those gimmicky characters really help. Let's talk about the bad news. April 15th, 2020, we're several weeks into the pandemic and, uh, we all read online that you had been released from your contract as a part of the budget cuts that I guess were stemming from the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, how'd you find out about this? Who gives you a call and were you surprised to get that call? No, I wasn't surprised. I knew when they were furloughing, uh, talent and employees, I knew I'd be the first one because I was the last producer to be hired Mm. and I had the least amount of experience, even though I am who I am. Uh, You know, I think that um, 
you know, and uh, <clears throat> I'm not probably supposed to say this, but I was getting paid quite a bit more than the other producers. Sure. So, I mean, the you know, thank God. I mean, it was kind of cool that Vince did that for me because I asked for a little bit more money. And um, so they, 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 they granted me that. But that, that meant that if they were going to do furloughs, that I was going to be the first one gone. Right. Now, remember this. I, I never, I only did a couple of Raw and Smack, SmackDown matches. Um, as a producer, I was learning. And I started out doing dark matches and main event matches for the main event show on the weekends. Right. And um, so I was learning. I was getting the, the art, uh, soaking it in and, uh, you know, it just, I wasn't as experienced as the other guys and, uh, and girls. And I, I just knew that I was going to be let go first. And I, I, I wasn't surprised. I actually texted Vince right away. And I said, I understand why you did it. Yeah. I understand because I'm inexperienced and I, I was making the most money and, uh, you know, it, it was just, it just made sense, you know, and, and crazy, but they, they offered me a job a month later. Yeah. That's what I wanted to ask about yeah. that you come uh, back a few different jobs. They offered me a job, to coach at NXT. They offered me a job to, uh, manage Matt Riddle. Um, they offered me a job hall of fame, uh, or legends contract. They offered me that. Um, but I turned down all three because of my new company, physically fit nutrition. Well, let's talk about that physically fit.com. By the way, before we went live and clicked record today, uh, both Stan and I have tried some of these great snacks and there they are right there, chicken snacks. And man, you were telling us, it seems like everybody loves the hot stuff the most, right? Yeah. The Kung Po, uh, the honey barbecue, the, the sweet barbecue is really good too. Um, cinnamon swirl is a good one, but, uh, if you like spicy hot stuff, jalapeno ranch. And, uh, the, the other one is, um, oh, geez. Uh, Kung Po. <laughs> There's so like many really great hot stuff. But but the flavors are incredible and, and they're very healthy and uh really happy with the product. It's you know, you can get it at physicallyfit.com. Uh that's our website. And uh uh go ahead and order them. You're gonna enjoy them. I think um Stan just had some he told me he can't stop eating them. <laughs> yeah, they are great. they are addictive. They're <laughs> You got to pace yourself. You can't, can't eat too much. You can eat the whole bag, but don't eat two. <laughs> well, here's the deal. There's only 130 calories in the serving. There's tons of different flavors. You got brown sugar, cinnamon, honey, mustard with pretzel pieces, sour cream, and onion. You've also got spicy Buffalo and blue cheese. Uh, there's something, favorite. there's something for everybody. Go check it out. It's physically fit.com and notice at the top, you can click where to buy here in Alabama, there's three within driving distance of me, but if you don't see your state or your city selected, no big deal, scroll to the bottom and click order now online. And uh, Stan and I have both placed an order. It was here very, very fast. Can't recommend it enough. These are only nine 99. Why not check them out? I think you're going to dig it. It's physically fit.com. And let's do a couple questions, Kurt. We had, uh, people on fans? Twitter. Yes, sir. Um, right. let's, let's hit a few here. This was from Rajiv, great friend of the show. He says, knowing this would be your last WrestleMania. Uh, what was going through your mind walking down the long ramp? Well, I was just hoping that I, uh, would make it through the match. Sure. <laughs> um, I, I was, it was, it was a mixed feelings day for me. I, was, I had very mixed feelings. Um, I was excited to get my match out of the way. And I was also, uh, wanted to soak in the moment. And when I walked out, that's when I soaked it in. Uh, that's when I, 
forgot everything I was doing and just said, enjoy this just for a minute. You know, while you're walking down here, you got 82,000 fans screaming for you, telling you that you suck, <laughs> which is ironic, but uh, I understand why. Um, but I soaked it in and then I performed the best I could. Uh, you know, I don't want anybody to think that I didn't perform the best I could. I, I don't want anybody to think that I wrestled half-assed. I wrestled at my abilities at the time and I did the best I could. And, you know, that that's, you know, it, it was, it was really cool moment, moment, but it, it was also sad because, I was ne- I knew I was never going to wrestle again. I knew that. Now, Hall of Famers usually tell you they're retired, but they're not. I <laughs> I stuck to my promise. Remember that I I didn't return. I I haven't returned at all, and I don't expect to. Here's a fun one from uh, Tyler. He says, "Why was there never a match with Daniel Bryan on the retirement match leading to WrestleMania? I know you have wrestled Daniel Bryan, but I think a lot of fans would have liked to have seen that one more time." Um, I think I had him in the rumble or mm. the battle Royal at, in, in, um, uh, Saudi Arabia, but yeah. he, he was the number one guy that I wanted. Uh, he was my dream match, uh, of current wrestlers that were wrestling today. Um, I asked for him, but unfortunately I didn't get him. I believe he was on the other show at the time. That's right. And uh, so they didn't have any plans of trading him over or letting him wrestle one match with me. I understand. I mean, he wasn't on the same show, and it is what it is. And But I would have loved to wrestle. He's another one that would have made me look incredible. Um, that's why I wanted to wrestle him. Yeah. You, you have to understand, when you can become a seasoned veteran, you find out the young guys – that can carry your back. Right. Okay. Carry you on their back. And, and Daniel was one of those guys. He, he has the ability to make anybody look incredible. And that's why he has great matches. It's not because he looks good. It's because he makes his opponent look better than they are. Uh, Zach has an interesting question. He says, what was your inspiration for your last match is gear. Uh, the half black was a little odd to see. Uh, <laughs> Um, okay. I, I will be honest. <laughs> Black makes you look thinner. <laughs> <laughs> I gained a lot of weight. I had a lot of weight in my midsection. I was trying to, I even made the stripes go up and wavy and up and down. So it would be, it would be, uh, horizontal because That's it hilarious. makes you look wider. Yeah. So I did, I tried to trick the fans into thinking I was thinner than I was. That's tremendous. It didn't work that well, but I tried to hide it. <laughs> You know, what's funny is I didn't even think about the practical application. I'm thinking, well, maybe it was like, you know, this is his funeral attire. He's closing the, the, you know, it's his last match and it's coming to an end. No, no, just, I want to look thinner for the funeral. Yeah. That's hilarious. Uh, here's a, a fascinating question. Jason says in retrospect, is Kurt glad he got to retire in front of a stadium full of fans? Since we know just 11 months after this, we'd be in the COVID era. Oh man. I, I thank God every day. Yeah. I, I like, I, you know, I, I would have still retired, um, you know, with the COVID, uh, uh, you know, as long as they, you know, had a WrestleMania right? without the fans, it would have been a lot more difficult, uh, a lot, it, it would have sucked, but you know, you're still performing for millions of people watching at home. So, um, it, it would have been harder to get motivated in front of a, you know, I know it's been kind of hard when it first started 
when you're when you go into an arena and the arena's empty and you're wrestling, it feels kind of weird. Yeah, uh, I remember when I you know did the match with Matt Riddle and uh, Terry Thatcher or Thatcher. Uh, I forget his first last Thatcher. Um, uh, yes, and uh, you know it was an empty arena, and it was like this is so weird. Uh, I can't imagine wrestling in this, you know. And oh wait, I it was a three way. Re- I thought it maybe what happened with last. You mean Tim Thatcher? Yes, yes. T- yeah, Tim Thatcher yeah. is a badass in NXT now. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. See, uh, so it was just weird. Um, I it was just a weird environment, and uh, I'm sure the wrestlers got used to it, but it, it was. You know, it's hard to perform in front of an empty arena. It's just, you know, even though you have the cameras on you, you don't have people reacting very, you know, quickly after you do something. So uh, I think that's why they brought in a lot of the NXT wrestlers to go around the ring and cheer them on and make it more exciting. Um, uh, And then they put up the screens in the arena to, you know, so the fans are there. Uh, But you know, the, to, to wrestle during the COVID, um, I wouldn't have been happy with that. So I'm very grateful. I got the performance run of 82,000 fans. It was awesome. Well, and we're grateful that we got to spend some time with you today and we're all grateful for physicallyfit.com. Go check it out right now. Click where to buy. I'm telling you, you're not going to be disappointed and tell your friends about your new favorite wrestling podcast. We're live every Sunday at 6 AM and uh, we debuted on super Sunday and we did record downloads. Kurt, how about that? Wow. Great. Thank you, fans. Thank you very much. And if you haven't already, throw us a follow on Twitter. You can ask any question you'd like and see what's coming down the pike on new episodes. It's at the angle pod. Of course, you can get all these shows early and ad free over at adfreeshows.com, including the video. And you don't want to miss that. It's adfreeshows.com. Until next time, I am at Hey, Hey, it's Conrad. He is at Kurt Angle, and we are out of time. We'll see you next week right here on the Kurt Angle Show. Savewithconrad.com makes saving money fast and easy. Just ask Matthew up in Delaware. We hooked him up. He gave us a five-star review, and here's what he had to say. I'm a first-time home buyer and the first-time refinancing. And, of course, he puts in parentheses here. After continual encouragement to do so from Conrad on his podcast. Well, Jimmy and the team were knowledgeable, friendly, and flexible with me as I learned about the process. They made everything simple and took care of all my questions and needs. The text message feature from Jimmy was ideal. The process led to me taking five years off of my mortgage. Really think about that. Five years gone. Now, you know what your mortgage payment is to the penny. Multiply it by 60. Because when you cut five years worth of payments off, that's how much money right away gone. We're talking a ton of cash. Let's say it's just $1,000 a month is your house payment. That's 60 grand. If your house payment's two grand a month, that's 120 grand worth of house payments you don't have to make. This is a no-brainer. If you're overpaying and you can pay less, why wouldn't you? Let us run the numbers and just have the peace of mind of knowing that you've got the best deal possible for your family with First Family. Get a quick quote right now at SaveWithConrad.com. It's no cost, no obligation, and if we can't save you some cash, we won't waste your time. We're licensed in more than 40 states, so what are you waiting for? SaveWithConrad.com. Oh, and did I mention no house payments for two months? Come on. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender, savewithconrad.com. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, 
It's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.